Welcome to West Virginia and Commonplace. Today I have with me an amazing guest. This is a behind the scenes episode. We are talking to a true Twitch podcaster. Her name is Sophie V. Sophie V, please tell the audience about yourself in a little bit about what's going on in your circle. So, hey guys, my name is actually Sophia, but <laughs> I'm, I'm a Twitch streamer, as, as you just mentioned, and um, I have a podcast too, which I host called Vocal Minds with Sophia. Every week I bring on a guest that I am really interested to speak to. So people from all walks of life, from hypnotists to people with alien encounters, you know, and I plan on going um, forward to speak to like religious cultists, you know, just just really inspiring people or really shock shocking people. Okay, so you're going to do a wide range of stuff with your podcast. Now, what made you want to start a podcast? Because this is a question that it's like the easiest question to answer and the hardest question at the same time. For a simple fact, like I started a podcast because I'm one of those folklore people. I've got all kinds of stories to tell. I travel everywhere across the U.S. and different places abroad. So I always have stories. So what made you want to start your podcast? So Dr. Ravon Ridley is a journalist from the U.K. And when I came across her, I was like so inspired and moved by her. I was like, I need to speak to this woman so bad. I don't know how I'm going to get to speak to her, but I need to speak to her. She was kidnapped by the Taliban and ended up converting to Islam. They told, you know, like her story was just so out there. And I was like, I need to speak to her. And so I was like, how can I speak to her? If I start a podcast, I can invite her on as a guest. And, you know, that's how it all started. I was like, I need to start a podcast because I want to speak to Dr. Ron Ridley so bad. And uh, so I started a podcast initially so I could speak to her. But then I realized that there are, you know, also much more interesting, not much more interesting than her, but there are people in this world who are really interesting. They have remarkable stories to share. So I would love to speak to them and get the rundown on whether it's a job or an experience that they've had. I've always been like a very inquisitive person. I'm like curious. I want to know about everything in the world. I want to know about every single culture and every single religion and every single, just everything, you know? And, and so I'm very curious and like human by people, by humans. So I want to have these conversations. I want to go and interview a heroin addict and find out like the struggles that they have being, you know, addicted to heroin to a, somebody running a multi-million dollar company. So for, for me, I want to bring diversity because that's what I enjoy. I want. I don't want to just speak to well-established people. That doesn't really inspire me. Um, so that's why I don't really cover musicians. Not saying that they don't inspire me, but I get a lot of artists reach out to me, hey, I want to come on your show. And I'm just like, I, I don't love music like that. I'll be honest with you. So I'm not going to bring an artist so they can promote their music because it's not something that I'm genuinely interested in. I'd rather go and speak to a homeless person on the street and find out like what what is their de- what's their day- daily routine like what are the challenges that they face how do they become homeless you know okay so in other words to sum it up for the audience real fast you your your category for your podcast I hope is definitely society and culture because everything you said there is society and culture that's one of the biggest topics in podcasting and you can go into so many facets with it and have like different arrays of things that you can talk about now let's go back to the title of your podcast vocal mind give me your definition of that people who are very outspoken vocal so initially when i was deciding what to name my podcast which is not so long ago you know i was going through um loads of different names with my friends and vocal minds really stood out to me and so I can't there is no backstory behind it if I'm honest it was just you know I had a hundred a list of a hundred names and to me that that's what really sounded like legit like you know I really it really spoke to me okay now the main reason that you're on here is not just because you're on Twitch is because you're unique it's always like to let every every uh, content creator and guest that comes on let you know that uh, stay unique in what you do but what made you choose twitch as a platform and the reason i'm asking you this is because me i'm old school i like to do the radio and i do the video but any video that i record with someone i take just a piece of it and i put it into a documentary 
of my levels of success in podcasting and the difference in the type of guests that I have one. I don't actually post my video on YouTube or anything yet. That's why the whole March 15th going to Twitch deal is going to take place. Just like the interview we're doing now, I'll just take a snippet of this and put it inside my documentary, send you a copy of it when I'm finished with it because I'm going to do, I'm almost into my second year of recording and I'm showing the highs and lows, the different guests, the different variety inside the guests. So my question to you once again is, why did you choose Twitch as your platform? I know that you do distribute it through Anchor and you put it on other platforms, but initially it's just right there on Twitch. What attracted you to that? Because I already had the, like my audience was on Twitch. So I decided to just do it on Twitch and I felt, I don't know. Uh, there was like, I, 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 I would love to tell you that I sat and planned and, and did all that, but it wasn't that. I was like, okay, I'm going to do a podcast. I'm going to do it next Monday. There was no plan around it. You know what I mean? And I just went forward and did it. And um, just went, reached out to people and said, hey, do you want to be on my podcast? Um, and, you know, some people said yes, and some people said, didn't reply. But keep it moving. There's how many people in this world, right? It's like there's no shortage of guests. Yeah, there's so many guests that you can have. Now, let me ask you this. Do you like the intimacy that you have on Twitch because it's you, it's another person, and then you have interaction in your chat? I see, like, you have, you have fans and stands. And to clarify that, fans are these people that, you know, they come through, but you've got stands. You've got some people that are there all the time that you know habitually will be there. Do you like that interaction? I I don't know, because I think having a live chat also is distracting to some, to some degree because you have a guest right in front of you and your focus should be your guest. And then there's a live chat. And what if there, there's people in the chat arguing between each other, you know, and then your focus goes on there. Like I've had chat this the guest the guests can't see the chat but they're just dissing them and oh. i'm like you know i feel like saying can you stop can you like behave right but um so i think i think it's a distraction to be honest i don't think there is any benefit in having, in having chat apart from when there is a q a and if i i say to the guest hey are you happy to take some questions from chat? And then they will agree. But apart from that, I really don't, I actually don't see the, benef the, the benefits of it because it's it's a distraction. It takes away my focus on my guests because I'm constantly having to monitor chat as well. And even when I, I do record it, so people who are re-watching it are like, why are your eyes over the place? Who might not know that there is a live audience chat chatting away. They'll be like, but you keep on looking, like you should be looking into the camera, but they don't realize that I'm constantly having to look in chat and also like to some degree moderate the chat because our Twi Twitch is a very outlandish platform and there are people with outlandish views and outspoken, you know? I do. And you have trolls over there. You exactly. Got the trolls That's just come right. do whatever. Um, but the highest level of trolling, like there's mid-tier trolls, and this is the high, especially if they don't like the guest. They're going to just go off. Okay. So let me ask you this then. So you got your Twitch and stuff set up. You're ready to record your show. What have what have been some of the challenges of being on Twitch? As doing the podcast. Yeah, like what are some challenges? Because like so I'll give sound you issues. Sound issues are a big problem and I still haven't overcome them, right? Because on a live stream, there's background noise. No one cares about that. There's, you know, there's cars outside, all of that. No one cares about that. But when I'm listening to a podcast on my phone, I don't want to hear cars going by. I don't want to hear just unnecessary echo, stuff like that. So that's a big challenge. And I'm not even sure how to overcome that. I've asked people and this don't they say don't don't live stream it don't live stream it um and going forward i don't know the direction that i will will i continue to do on twitch i don't know because i feel like although that's where my audience is but i'm building my podcast audience as well so if people just listen to my podcast and i don't do a live stream it makes no difference really apart from them my twitch audience kind of getting like the first access that's what it is you know or maybe I could do it on someone like Patreon. Who knows, right? Because this first access, that, that, that's what they're getting. And that's it, really. Apart from that, the ones who are listening on the apps are the ones that are like, hey, but there's been this, like, so much sound issues, right? 
even with the guests, sometimes they have really bad internet connection or like for some reason they're like it's fuzzy, like the cam the the mic. So sorry. And if I was listening to a podcast and I heard all this interference, that would make me not want to listen to that podcast. So I don't know, like I'm really stuck in the limbo because on Twitch, people are like, they'll watch it. If there's sound issues, they don't really care because they can see the person. So it doesn't really matter. But when you're listening, I think it, um, it, it is, it, it's a challenge. And going forward, I have no, I, I need to really, you know, look into it. Well, definitely what I'll do is after we're done with this episode, I got a guy, uh, Sean Chapman, I will introduce you to him. He is the audio affiliate guy and he works magic and I always tell anybody with this and it's just a little inside stuff. If you have a MacBook, not a Windows, if you have a MacBook, you can clear up a lot of sound, but editing is something that I'm one of those people that I'll do some of it, but if my show is an hour or two hours, I'm going to pay someone to edit it because I'm not going to sit back for two hours and do that. Now, let me ask you this. What is the great benefit of using Twitch? Because this is the reason that what attracted me, and you can tell me if I'm wrong. What attracted me is I have a podcast. I have a set amount of listeners, but I'm a video gamer too. But I play I play really weak games like Mario Kart and Smash Brothers, but they're popular. I don't go into all that deep Call of Duty and all that extra stuff. So I know that on my platform, when I come over there, I'm going to run like a movie in the background and talk about it, different things like that. I'm going to do interactive things. but I, But the whole idea of, playing a video game and talking about it there's like a million people doing that so that's not what attracted me to twitch what attracted me is that there's more interaction that i can do live sometime outside of my normal brick and mortar like we're doing right now so the benefits is also discoverability right people can just see your stream and come in your room which is great right i think um that's a that's a great benefit that there is good discoverability um there's there's ways like to filter like the trolls and stuff. I guess when you're, if you're just doing audio, then you don't have to really worry about trolls and stuff, but they're all like, they give you good tools to filter that out. Um, and you get an interactive audience, right? If, if that's what you like, you build a community around that. So you have your, like you mentioned, your stands, your community, they come through every single day and you know, you have a good time and these people become like your like unofficial family like friends you know um especially with the wrestling stuff that i do like i have a really solid wrestling community and it's fun because everyone has a different favorite wrestler and um we can all share uh our our opinions about the matches like i side cross red wrestling so when smackdown is on it will be on in the background and i'll be on twitch given my takes on what's what's going on at SmackDown or like pay-per-views, you know, I don't really do AEW. Um, oh. Sorry to the AEW fans. I don't because it is midweek and for me to stay up on till 4 a.m., it's not really worth it for me. Um, if it was something outstanding that I felt like I was, I needed to watch, then I have had like the Brian Danielson and Hangman Page <laughs> uh match not the last one but the the one before that I stayed up for that and I was kind of like you know underwhelmed and and they came through the second time but I didn't watch that one um Monday Night Raw I don't do either because again Monday night who's staying up till 4 a.m you've got to understand I'm not in America so I have to stay up till 2 a.m to get it live and I do that for pay-per-views, 100% dedication, like whether it's AEW or WWE. Um, I do that for SmackDown and Rampage because it's on Friday and I don't have to wake up on Saturday morning. Um, and I, I don't know. I love it. I love wrestling. I swear. I know a lot of people think it's crazy, but I do. I love it. And I, I you know, biggest thing, like trolls come in my room and they're like, oh, why do you watch wrestling? It's fake. It's the biggest, the biggest... <laughs> challenge that I have to explain to people why I watch wrestling like can't I just enjoy something leave me in peace all right so let's jump into wrestling real fast since you got into it now I'll give you my take uh obviously I sent you a video you see that I go to events um me personally I love I've loved the WWE WWF all my life 36 years old since 1985 we'll say 88 because that's when I can remember um key wrestlers uh I am a cruiserweight light heavyweight type wrestler so in, in the sense of i like uh sammy zane type style wrestlers um 
I don't care that much for the in Roman Reigns because he's really not that big. But like you know, there's some meatheads. There used to be like Dave Batista and people like that. Yeah. I like wrestling. Wrestling. Um, and because you like Kenny Omega because he's a wrestler. That right. right. And it's a few other ones that I that I like. And then it's just some that uh and i like apollo cruz and i like biggie and the rest of those guys but uh the thing is you get some guys uh braun Strowman is one i will talk about with you real quick braun Strowman was fits that wwe mold of a big guy that can do like 15 moves and that's it one-dimensional wrestling those are the guys i don't like mm-hmm. I, I like the big show because big show wasn't one-dimensional he did a drop kick like 22 years ago he might not do it now 22 years ago yeah no, so okay, I get I get what what you're saying. Um, so you must not like almost. I don't like almost either, to be honest. No, not at all. But I hate when they zoom in on his face and he's dribbling, and you can see all his spit like dripping out of his mouth. That is the one thing that really I think the WWE need to stop doing. Uh, I agree with you in the sense that the big guys. It does. I get the presence, and I get like the fear factor. Um. It doesn't, for me, that's not the type of wrestler I enjoy watching. And I don't, I don't like Roman Reigns, but I can understand the science or the psychology behind Roman Reigns and Brock. I love Brock. (laughs) I love Brock. My current favorite wrestler at WWE has to be Brock Lesnar at AW. I think Kenny Omega has done is the best wrestler in the world when it comes to actual wrestling not the character and the larger than life presence but he's a great wrestler and that's why he's always making the top top 10 lists on every publication they always mention him as either one or or two roman might get it just because he has a big fan base uh but kenny's always in the top two wrestlers in the world any publication oh yes he is now i'll tell you another one that i don't dip and dab into I don't dive into Ring of Honor, Major League Wrestling, or Impact Wrestling. Impact Wrestling, to me, is like every WWE release star goes there, makes a name for themselves, and then we have this big thing going on that I do want to talk to you about. Mickey James is going to be in the Royal Rumble, and she is the Impact Women's Wrestling Champion. And the Women's uh, Royal Rumble this year has a lot of prestige in it. They brought back a lot of classic wrestlers. Uh, Michelle McCool, which is the Undertaker's wife, like, I didn't even know he's letting her out the house. How cool is that? And the Bella twins. I thought they were done. Yeah, I thought one of them had like a sister or something on their brain or something. Yeah, there. like she had to wear a brace. Do you remember? Yeah. I'm not fond of that wrestling, but they're they're big names, no denying that. And for yeah. them, I thought they were completely done with wrestling and to see and then to see Brie at WWE <laughs> and Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson at AEW is good. It's it's very interesting, right? Because they're like opposing companies. The fan bases are like football fans where they hate each other. Yeah, and that's truly amazing. So I do think that the women's Royal Rumble, not the men's, but the women's, is going to be very uh, illustrious. It's going to be a very good, and hopefully it's well-polished. Because I understand what the WWE is doing right now. They had to, they cut people to make more money. And the people that they cut have gone on to other places and have become superstars. Uh the former Zack Ryder, he's a big guy on the indie scene with GCW and stuff like that. And everyone else has done something here or there. But uh, I don't mind when they make cuts. The NXT cuts that just happened last week were kind of crazy. William Regal should not have been let go. AEW will grab him. I think uh, he should go to the UK, 100%. What I think he should do is go to the UK, get some investors and set up his own promotion in the UK. There is no big scene in the UK apart from NXT UK, which is a WWE brand. There, there's something missing in the UK. He has the ability to create his own thing in a place where he, he's English. He could go to England, like Sky, who like Fox, right? Fox Empire, they own yeah. Sky. He could get he could get them to like be the the network that he collabs with. I think I think he should hundred percent go. Like whether he he goes to AW, I think I think he he has the brains to create stars, and he could pick you know, up, up and coming wrestlers in the UK and create something in Europe. There is nothing in Europe right now, apart from the UK, right? Or That's the, crazy. Which is, is crazy, right? Because it's, it's sad. It's crazy. It's sad. Some of the biggest wrestlers in the world today are from Europe. Island, you've got like Becky Lynch, best female, allegedly. She's from Europe, right? Um, So many. Finn, but like, imagine yeah. how in the UK I think I think he needs to 
He needs to talk to people, get some finances, and definitely set up a promotion in the UK and work to establish professional wrestling in Europe because there is no scene and everyone knows the WWE and AEW is up and coming and they're doing their thing, but there's nothing in Europe. So I think I think he should definitely. But so, so what do you think about y'all's biggest product, Walter? Yeah, he, is he is he going to the main roster, right? I see. I don't know. They they haven't like they're being real mum and quiet about him. But to me, when I think of British wrestling, you think he's and, going you know, to Rumble. Yeah, he's going to be in the Rumble, but I don't know what else he's doing. But I will say this about Britain real fast, or the UK as a whole. You guys do have the most technically sound wrestlers, because I remember Fit Finley, Dave Taylor, um, and William Regal. Because William Regal trained so many people. He trained the Bill Goldbergs. Most of your decorated wrestlers have come through some form of William Regal. Mm. But that was a real shock to me to see him, you know leave and, and the whole technical aspect of whenever someone does a snap mirror that little thing where they snap their head over kick them in the back or stretch them out the sequence wrestling that's something that William Regal was very big on in WCW and it was just like wow why would you let this guy go now to flip this topic completely around um what are your thoughts on international wrestling like Japan and other places like that because that's an area that we don't touch too often all Japan and New Japan pro I don't touch it because their style of wrestling is different and I can watch it and stomach it. But when you bring them guys here, they're flashy and amazing. But over there, it's like it's a, they're real stiff for some reason. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I've never actually watched any Japanese promotion. I hear amazing things about it. It's not easy for me to access the only way I can access it is by paying for the network. They have a network. I have the WWE network. I pay for that. I'm proud to say it. <laughs> I got my lifetime pass. I don't mind. Um, but paying for that, I don't know. Is it worth it? If it was good, I might, I might consider it. I've, I've heard amazing. Let me, I've heard like the best things about it. I've never actually heard a bad thing about New Japan or any of the Japanese promotions. Never. And as you just mentioned, when they come to US, unbelievable. Zaya Lee killing it. Shinsuke Nakamura, like. <laughs> Here's the challenge. I want you to look up later, get on YouTube, Brock Lesnar versus Shinsuke Nakamura. Okay. Brock Lesnar made a trip to New Japan after he had a little fallout in WWE. He went over there and held their belt. If you go watch him over there, he was doing shooting star press and all that crazy stuff when he first came out. He was amazing over there. So if you get a chance, look at Brock Lesnar's Japanese stuff on um, YouTube. And sorry to any Japanese uh, wrestler fan or whatever, but I do watch stuff on YouTube. I'm not paying for it. But uh, anyway, going forward. I was going to say, uh, how do you access it? But you just watch it on YouTube, right? I just watch it on YouTube. I'm not paying for it. Um, one thing we do on the show, we do a shameless plug. Um, could you please do your shameless plug? Tell everybody where they can reach you at, uh, the different ways you wanted to meet you and greet you on the highways and byways of the internet. Right, so I'm a Twitch streamer, so www.twitch.tv slash Sophia, S-O-P-H-I-A. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter. Vocal Minds Sophia is my, what is it, handle, yeah? <laughs> what is it called, handle? YouTube Vocal Minds as well. Um, that is the only platforms I'm on right now. I don't know if I'll ever expand to anything else, you know, so... So the sky's the limit, basically, on that. You'll get man, you know, it is what it is. All right. Now, I pay homage to a show in America called 2020. We have these shows that come on, like, Friday nights, 10 o'clock at night, or after wrestling usually used to go off. They're called news magazines. So they ask very in-depth questions. They're real personable. They're the journalistic integrity that should be in everybody's podcast when you're having certain guests on. So it's your turn to get these questions. So here we go real quick. Um, if there was a billboard with your name on it, and there was a mission statement, what would that mission statement be? About my podcast or about me? Just about your podcast and you all. Right, where you personal journeys come to live. Where personal journeys come to live. Okay, okay. Now, someone sees you on Twitch, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, they go over to your Instagram, they look, they find different ways to meet and greet you. What is the most favorable place to meet and greet you at if a fan wants to have true interaction with you via a message or any type of interaction what's the best okay. place for them to meet twitch twitch 
Okay. All right, so over on Twitch. Now, doing a podcast and keeping up with everything you do, because you have a very busy schedule. You're working on American time in Britain. You don't yeah. Sleep. And that was one thing that, like, that's why when I was speaking to you earlier, this is just a little behind-the-scenes stuff, guys, uh, outside of the behind-the-scenes episode. Um, I asked you, was everything all right? Because you had so much going on. And I was like, you know, I'm free. I I just, obviously, you, said we, you know the, how we're doing this podcast right now. I make time to do my podcast anyway uh, with a mic and whatever. But anyway. Is there times that the pressure of doing this continuously ever gets to you? Do you have like a, a self-care mechanism to take care of yourself? Because this does become a lot sometimes. All the social media interaction, the public eye and that camera always being on you. What do you do for self-care and how do you maintain? Well, I, I work out. Uh, I'm trying to get up, uh, biceps at Bianca Bella. <laughs> But I work out, I sleep. Listen, the best thing is sleep, yeah? On the weekend, like, take time off. So I only work Monday to Friday, unless there's a pay-per-view on a Sunday, which I was side-crossed, right? Um, but yeah, sleeping, sleeping. So if you wake up at 9 a.m. Monday to Friday, sleep till 3 p.m. on a Saturday. You know what I mean? Sleep is so essential. I think sleeping is... is, is the greatest sleep get some rest don't don't feel like you have to stay up for 48 hours to to finish everything you're doing just go to sleep take time out i think i think it's important to also switch off right this this work that we are in is it can, it can get overwhelming yeah so i think it's important like have a cough time whether it's like 9 p.m 10 where you're not gonna think about or try not to think about the podcast episode that you have to do tomorrow watch like I watch a lot of cartoons yeah I watch I don't watch like uh, movies like horror and stuff because I feel like it really affects my my mind right and I start feeling negative so I feel I only watch happy movies like all day long and I watch wrestling of course the biggest challenge you, me- you mentioned with time is wrestling because when it comes to side casting I have to stay up till 4 5 a.m and sometimes I'm like dying on camera. I'm so tired. And like, there's one hour to go, you know, especially pay-per-view. Some of them go extended time. I'm up till 4.30, like watching wrestling. And I love wrestling and I do it because I love it. But it is a challenge. It's not easy to stay up and and and, and be like presentable as a female, yeah? So you still have to look good on camera and it's 4 a.m. and you're tired as hell. And uh, Brock Lesnar hasn't had his match yet. And you got to wait for it. Now, let me ask you this. And this is a serious question. Now, you do do SmackDown and stuff like that. Has there ever been a time that you thought that you would go and download Hulu or something like that and watch it the day after? Because, like, in, in my case with wrestling, I'll tell you my story. It comes on Monday night. I watch it Tuesday morning for the simple fact, in, my, in Eastern time, for the simple fact that Monday night, usually it's the pressures of lives and different things that everybody's doing on IG and stuff. I got to keep up with and my Twitch people and different things like that. And just all the various things that I do. So have you ever thought of maybe watching it on Hulu the next day? Uh, first of all, I don't think Hulu works here. And <laughs> I, I, no, 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 no. I don't know. I just feel like it doesn't have the same impact, you know, okay. than, than watching it live. But if there's a match that really everyone, the whole internet wrestling community is talking about, right? I will watch that specific match over and over again the next day like what happened with Andrade and Cody I don't watch AEW Dynamite but everyone was talking about oh Cody got bad and you know so I had to go and watch that the next day because I'm like I, I had FOMO like I'm missing out um but I don't I feel like it's not the same I honestly do I feel like it's not the same watching it live and I think if you watch so I I feel like I am in a position where I get the most enjoyment watching wrestling because I'm in a community of people who are all watching the same thing and having dialogue. And I think if I was just watching it alone on my sofa or my bed, I wouldn't enjoy it as much, but we're here all having this conversation and it's so fun and it's so exciting and everyone can see like, oh my God, she's so happy. Like, <laughs> But I do, I think, I think, I don't know. I just, I love, I love, First of all, how it brings people together. And there's a lot of people who don't watch wrestling now that might have watched it back in the days and they can come in and chime in on how they like wrestling in the 80s or in the, even the 70s, you know, 90s, wherever, whatever they, you know, and what wrestler that was 
their favorite wrestler, you know? And uh, even if we might have not watched their matches, we pretty much heard of like the biggest names in wrestling since the 60s, right? So we could be like, hey, well, I know that person. I'm, I don't know what their best match is. Tell me their best match, you know? Uh, a lot of the wrestlers from the 80s, I haven't watched their, their matches because I wasn't around, right? Um, but I love, I just, I love, I love the fandom. I love the toxicity as well between yes. the fans. I think it's hilarious, honestly. I think it is so funny uh, that people take, but it's almost like football fans, right? Football fans yeah. are very diehard. I don't know, I don't know about America, but football but, is- Manchester, Manchester City. These people, yeah, they fight each other till black and blue. Not so much anymore, but back in the days, it was a huge thing. Like they would literally meet up and fight each other. And I feel like AEW and WWE are creating this kind of environment. And I think maybe it's just professional sports in general. Like the teams always like to go back and forth, right? Mm -hmm. Well, I'll say this. And like I said, like I'm a little bit older. I grew up in the WWE, WCW, or WWF, WCW era. AEW is the only company that has come close to giving us that old school Southern, because in, in, in the United States, just we're going to say on the Atlantic close, coast, that's closer to you. Um, like I'm from Virginia and in North Carolina. So Rick Flair and those guys used to wrestle up and down those areas. So in the middle of Virginia, there's a line called the Mason-Dixon line. And that's what stops wrestling. Above the Mason-Dixon line was WWE type wrestling. And below that was Deep South WCW wrestling, or they call it wrestling, as they say it. And I say that with a hard accent, wrestling. Um, and AEW is wrestling because it's nothing but wrestling. There's no, the only gripes that I have about AEW, we get, we'll have to do a podcast about that another time, but I'll just say this real quick. AEW has very good wrestling, but has very poor storylines and has very poor continuation of their storylines. It's like, I might see something happen, but I might not hear about it three months later, you know? And that's no, how I feel I about what you're saying. I, I do have a quick comment on that. I think whoever their team is, they might they must be literally watching every single episode of ECW, WCW way back then and trying to like write down all the best moments in it. And what they're trying to do is recreate those moments because they know that those moments is what touched people. And even till today, 30 years later, people are still speaking about Mick Foley and Macho Man, and they're trying to re like re rewrite the the in their own version so like with Cody Rose and Andrade trying to do a bit of Mick Foley it obviously didn't work because there's only one Mick Foley I feel like they're trying too much to bring back the attitude era and ruthless aggression and going through the best highlights and and trying to make their their roster do it and in those days those guys were fearless they, they and they were highly high on substances so they had no fear trying to make somebody do that now or I don't think we'll ever get another Mick Foley. Like somebody who really has oh, no fear at all whatsoever. So they're trying really hard to bring back those nostalgic moments that have really touched everyone's heart, but it always goes wrong. And I can't figure out why it always goes wrong. Well, I can tell you this. And me and you both, and I don't know you've watched an AEW wrestler. To me, the AEW guys, not the veterans, but like the newer guys, like the, AEW Originals, the yeah. guys straight on the indie scene. It is something weird. Sometimes I see them really mess up in matches, like with their little flips and different things that they do that way. Seeing that kind of stuff, like it just kind of, it's just wild for the simple fact, like, I don't know, I was watching one of those high flyers. And they did one of them little flips and they missed the guy completely, but the guy still fell over. And the camera angle, they cut it real fast. And in WWE, it's very choreographed, it's very fine-tuned. You got, I know that there are certain moves, lists, and certain things you can do, but WWE choreographs their matches way better with the aerial stuff. Like, they don't do as many high-flying things as uh, you see in AEW, but when they do do them, they're coordinated, just like the, the stiffest moonsault on Earth, Charlotte Flair. <laughs> when she does that moonsault, you see it, and you know that it's going to connect. I've only yeah. seen maybe 12 times that it's never connected properly, and that's been the fault of the person receiving it. 
Yeah, I think I think it's probably like the training, the training facilities are completely different. I think WWE, they make the talent train day and night to perfect the craft. And AEW just put them on TV. They're like, even if they make a mistake, they're like, don't worry, just you're a superstar. There's no, there's no like learning. And, I, you know, uh, a lot of people hate my comments on Jade Cargo. I love Jade. Trust me. I think she's hot. She's sexy. Do I think she's a great wrestler? No. So for her to win that belt kind of was a slap in the face to other women who have been busting their asses in the indies to get that belt, like really perfecting their craft to somebody who really looks good, got scouted on Instagram because based on the way that she's really beautiful and she has an amazing body and you give her everything from the the beginning, the silver plate, what what has she got to work for now? You know? Nothing. Now let me ask you this. Um, and we're talking about women's wrestling here. Inside of women's wrestling, who do you think is the most overrated wrestler abroad, across every every uh, federation or organization? Who is the most overrated wrestler? I would say Becky. Becky? Yeah. And why is that? She's the highest paid wrestler right now, right, in, in, in the entire industry. I don't know. I just, I think, do you know what's really unfortunate? is that the women in wrestling right now, none of them are good on the mic. So what they have, like Becky's good for what they have. So she might, in, in people's eyes, she's the best because she's better than everyone out there, but she's not great. So I think, I think, um, yeah, Becky, she's, 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 I don't understand what is, is about her. That, that she has managed to, you know, get this massive fan base. She has a, like the largest fan base, right, in wrestling as a female. She's selling the most merch. She's doing the numbers. Why is it, why are people gravitate? What are they seeing that I can't see? What do you think that is? I, and I, I don't know what it is because to me, she's like a, a third rate Bailey. Bailey wrestles better than her. Bailey's a badass. And Bailey can play a heel in a, and, and she, um, she's good on the mic as well, actually. Yeah, and it's like it's yeah, painful like to to Becky. It's painful. Yeah. Be- Becky is it, yeah, it is hard and it's really rough. And and I would say that Charlotte Flair was overrated, but I think that uh, the reason that she's not overrated anymore is because she really tried to leave the WWE, and they wouldn't let her leave. She tried everything in her power to get out of her contract, and they wouldn't release her. They, she's the Roman Reigns of the females. Um, Becky Lynch to me reminds me of Seth Rollins because they're they're parallel. You're going to put a belt on him at some point or have him near the top, and she's always going to stay near the top because she's a draw. But I don't know. It, like you said, it's something about her. She just wrestles really flat for me, and I just don't care about it. Now to tie everything up, so I'm not holding you up with wrestling. I'll definitely have to have you um, come to one of our big, uh, we do this thing called podcast pop-up where a bunch of just podcasters get together like on a, a different times and we all just do random podcasts. Like we'll produce an episode. Like I'll come up with the idea. I'll be like, let's do a wrestling podcast and talk about the 80 plus releases from WWE. Then you would host it and other people will come on and we just talk about it, do it right then and there. So I'll definitely have to have you on for one of those. So um, to finish up my 2020 question, so here's the major question. Um, there's a word called success. Success is built on all kinds of principles, morals, morality, and other things that people say. But what is success for you? Um, that's a really good question. What is success? I really don't know. To be honest, I haven't figured that out because I, I can't say financial because I know it ain't, it ain't money. Making my mother happy, I feel like I kind of have, you know what I mean? Uh, I don't know. Impact the world, success. It's not about money, you know? There's so many ways to make money. So if it was about money, trust me, I'm going the hardest route possible. Right. <laughs> now, um, aside from the success of your podcast and things growing, what is going to be something that's very impactful for 2022? I said a lot of things, 2022 for you uh, this year. Like for me, for instance, like talking to people like you, interacting with people, that I consider Twitch famous and that the constituents that run around with me and my contemporaries, we look at you guys that were on Twitch and we're like, man, you got the it factor, you got everything going. I want to be like you some, some days. 
not every day, but some days. So what's next for you? What's the next big thing? I want to interview people that I don't think I'm capable of interviewing. And when I say that, okay, so there's a like a Muslim lady, right? She's an influencer. Her name is Ninja Mombi. And I love her so much. Yeah. She was in the club. She's big on TikTok. She does all this Islamic TikToks, right? I want to interview her so bad because to me, she is the embody of female confidence and she is not showing one level of skin. She only shows her eyes. And she is so confident beyond me. Ten, you bring 10 of me and even my confidence is unmatched to her. So I want to interview her so bad. And I hope like not only her, like there's a lot of people. So that I want to interview that are religious. And I think maybe they might not want to come on my show because I'm not modest you know what I mean I don't cover my skin stuff like that Mozambique is another person I'd love to interview he was in Guantanamo Bay uh, he allegedly was one of the people that did 9-11 or associated with it so there's a lot of like influential Muslim people that I want to speak to because I'm, I want to have this conversation with them but I'm uncertain just because of like maybe I, I post sexy pictures on Instagram right they might be re reluctant too because it doesn't fit in with everything that they're doing, right? Right. So for me, that's that's one thing I'd love to do. Uh, interview people in Syria right now who are who are Europeans who are stuck in those camps because they've been associated to terrorism. These are the like so like real journalism. I think I think that's why I got into what I'm doing. It's like yeah, well-established people don't really inspire me. I want to speak to, you know, people from all parts of the world. That's like, you know, I don't want to limit to the West. So UK and America. No, I want to speak to people in Russia. There's a huge language barrier with, with other people. And I'm, I'm thinking going forward, like, I want to speak to people in Africa. How are we going to, how are we going to, uh, like, do I need to get a translator on there? And so they can, you know, I want to, like, yeah, exactly. I want to, I want to show the West. The East as well, there's a lot, of, I grew up in Africa, there's a lot of stigma for Africa, right? Weird, weird perceptions of what people in Africa are like. So I wanna bring real Africans on and, and give them that platform, do you know what I mean? And like people living in mud huts, indigenous people, tribal people, you know, I don't, I don't care about these suit, people who wear suits and that every, we see them every day, I wanna show something different, right? So my biggest, my biggest thing that I want to do is, yeah, interview those type of people, you know? Yeah, and I agree. Go ahead. No, yeah, so bad. Like, I, I dream of, like, interviewing people in Syria. And that's, someone might be that big, that's crazy. Like, you should be dreaming about trying to interview Bill Gates. Now, I want to interview somebody who's in a refugee camp right now, you know? And, you know, earlier I was speaking to a woman who was in the detention center for nine months. And I'm like, wow, that shit, sorry. I shouldn't curse but that's what makes me like alive like listening to those conversations you know what I mean I don't want to I don't care about how this person closed the deal of 300 million in a day or made excellent like that me listening I'm bored I, I get like I want to go to sleep you know what I mean yes I do and I wholeheartedly agree with it like because that's what I try to do I try to interview and I don't disrespect anybody by saying the ordinary but people that that come from diverse backgrounds but ordinary stories that they that, that they get big like I, I like to see the human struggle the pain and all that stuff also but I want to see like the whole let's just say just sum it up like this the whole human intuition and that's what you are, are prescribing and you're subscribing to and that's something that you plan on doing and continuing doing and that's one thing that was very great about she said real quick let me give you a quick testimony about yourself fast it's amazing what you do over on twitch it's amazing what you're doing in life not a lot of people can be in your shoes today it's a lot of pressure. You have to constantly, even if you don't think it's a lot of pressure, you have to constantly be on point like Steve Nash. You always have to be conscious of how you act, what you do, what you say on any level, no matter what facet of entertainment you're doing. Um, integrity. That is something that is very hard to find. And when you listen to your Twitch um, episodes, there's a certain level of integrity and a certain level of professionalism inside what you do. It seems like you're having fun, but at the same time, it's just a certain level, like the way that you look. You're very keen. You're on point. And that's one thing that you can't buy. You can't get manufactured. And you're charismatic. Charisma is something, once again, that everybody says that you can manufacture. No, it can't be bald. It can't be 
brought up. It's something that came from you, came from your lineage and all that stuff. So your charisma, that's what's going to take you to the top. The next time I talk to you again, you're going to have 2 million followers. I wish. And you're going to be opening up, uh, you'll be coming across to the U.S. to do a book tour or something. Yeah. So, so the thing here that I want to say to you is definitely hug yourself, hold yourself, um, and know that you are more than an influence on the world. Because who cares about being an influence? Because an influence comes because that's trendy. But you actually are a placeholder with people. People talk about you. People are encouraged and engaged in what you do. And it's so hard to do that as a content creator. You can always get people engaged. And people can be stimulated with physical looks and different things like that. Or even the hobbies you talk about. But you go to a deeper level with it. I would suggest and I hope that you continue to do that get a deeper level of intimacy with yourself as you go along in your interviewing journey and things like that. And I want to tell you deep down from everybody here um, in West Virginia and the Atlantic coast and everything, we like what you do. Um, keep doing what you're doing and please never ever follow any notion, lotion, motion, or anything that sounds like that, that will take you away from what you do. Mm. No, I, I appreciate that a lot. Yeah. You, you know, as you mentioned, like influence, like influence, I don't really like I don't really care about that you know what I mean I want to share like if I, I want to share stories about people back home like you know like to me like just I don't know like put, I want to put Africa on the map I know it already is but you know what I mean and add my little little contribution to the world it, uh, the, my people and show you like you know like Africa's amazing and uh I also want to you know raise 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 money and help people in the future, you know, um, I mentioned uh, the Syria thing, like Sami Zayn is Syrian and he has an organization where he raises money for Syria. And like in the future, I wanna work with, with him because I've watched so much things about what's going on in Syria and I, I feel like I need to do something about it, you know? Right, and, and I hope that you do get to help out and uh, develop a level of philanthropy because one thing that hurts our society is people think that charity and philanthropy uh, has to be a monetary to donation or nothing, but actually physically getting out for help and spreading a message with your podcast and things like that definitely help out. And that's one thing that I want to thank you for giving that enlightenment to the world because a lot of people won't know about it. And when they hear this podcast, they'll hear about it. Um, so real quick, one last time, can you do a, a um, shameless plug? Let everybody know where they can find you. Okay, so you can find me on Twitch, www.twitch.tv slash Sophia. Instagram and Twitter is Vocal Minds Sophia. And so, yeah, definitely tap in with me. And if you like wrestling, check out my streams on Friday. That's when I do wrestling content. I try to, to narrow it down to just one day because not everyone likes wrestling, unfortunately. I wish I could talk about wrestling every single day. It would make my, <laughs> my life easier. <laughs> Mm -hmm. And the last thing, uh, this is a question that this is vintage. This is I've done over 150 plus episodes, but I always ask this question. Could you please let the audience and me know this one last thing before we get off here? We need to know a talent or a secret that no one knows about you. Because the thing about whenever you collaborate with someone, we want to take something personable, personable from you and pass it along to the audience. So what is the secret or talent that no one knows? I'll give you an example. I live in West Virginia, so we have lots of mountains and we have water. They call it mountain dew sports, all that extreme stuff. I can't swim. But <laughs> but um, my co-host, my girlfriend, she can swim. So anywhere I'm at near the ocean and stuff, I'll take all kinds of great gangster pictures on Instagram. And it'll look like I'm going to jump off the boat. But I'm not going to jump in that water because I'll die unless she's there to save me. Yes. So, or or I'll hop, when I hop in a pool, um, she better be near me. I'm, I don't go any further than almost six feet because after six feet i may die unless she's there so that's my secret and everybody's like you take really amazing pictures about the beach well i said i'm an instagram model on a low on the beach everybody is you just don't have to get in the water so what is your secret talent or or just something that no one knows about you i'm double jointed oh wow yeah i can get out of handcuffs so don't come arrest me <laughs> and i want to thank you so much for that i appreciate and it I and, and um, always remember, you're always welcome on West Virginia and Commonplace. Um, 
we'd love to have you back one of the guests or even in one of our panel discussions. Yeah, you have a lot- I'd love to do that. And wrestling. I love, I love wrestling. So I'd love to talk about wrestling with you. Definitely. We'll have to do that. Now, audience, real quick before I jump off here, um, and I have to correct myself. I apologize for saying your name incorrect. Uh, what happened was I was writing, when you write out your questions and stuff, I put an E in there. So it's so I forgot Sophia. And I apologize about that. But um, going back, audience, uh, in the show notes, after we're done with the show, uh, Sophie, Sophia will, will give me all kinds of information to get you guys lined up to find her. Um, my people on Tumblr, you'll be able to blog different things. And she at least has, I think at least, uh, if Trevor was right, you have at least, what, 12 uh, hashtags about you? Or so, something like that? I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> Whatever the Tumblr bots come up with, um, we will add those hashtags so you guys can get informed, create some SEO for her, guys. I want you guys to get involved. She is over on Twitch. She is dynamite over there. Um, her podcast is solid. And it's her Twitch, too. So it's a double-end blade. So if you want to see the visual, um, watch it when you can at home or when you're stopped somewhere not in a car driving. If you want to hear it on the go, definitely listen to it on Anchor, Spotify, and where else? iTunes. Um, the only places that you can't find my podcast actually is Pandora and iHeartRadio which are only for America American listeners and American podcasters I don't know why but you know I guess I don't know they don't have licenses I don't know I don't understand the technicals but yeah every single platform that you can find if you have Amazon Prime a lot of people don't know but um if you have amazon prime amazon give you a facility which is like spotify in your prime subscription go into your log- music.amazon.com log into your your amazon account and it will give you access to music and podcasts you can listen to my podcast there as well okay so definitely uh, do that and um, once again i want to thank you for being a guest on our on this podcast and we are signing off Thank you so much.